Hi, my name is Kira. I tend to forget to introduce myself, so this is what that is. I am a Seattle-based storyteller, writer, uh, podcaster, you name it. I just really want to share the gospel and share how Jesus truly changes everything. So this is your invitation to stay. You can find other episodes as well as my blog, um, any other important links, all in the description. Also, you can check it out on kiragothier.com. That should have everything that you're looking for. But there is grace here. There is love here. There is truth here. I hope you enjoy today's episode. Human nature is also interesting to me. I'm quite intrigued by the way our minds work, mine included. One thing that I am particularly skeptical of is the set conclusions that we intentionally or unintentionally have. For example, like, are you, are you already so convinced that Starbucks makes the best coffee and no other coffee shop will ever come close? Are you already so convinced that jorts should never make a comeback? Are you already so convinced that mandatory vaccines should be enforced and no scientific article will prove you otherwise? Are you already so convinced that one day science will explain everything and so all religion is therefore illogical? Don't worry, I I didn't forget myself. Am I already so convinced that Jesus is Lord that even if his remains were found, I'd still proclaim that Jesus rose from the dead? Usually this becomes clear when the person who makes a claim sees that they're proven wrong in some way and starts to become defensive almost immediately. I don't mean to poke fun at the pro-mask or pro-vaccine advocates, nor the folks that think the vaccine is fraud. This is all just very prevalent, and so it comes to mind. It's been entertaining to see both extremes say things like, trust the science. But then when science seems to prove them wrong, you can tell who's already made up their mind, right? Like, it's trust the science until it's science literature that they don't agree with. So then, what? oh, no, 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 that's, that's just bad science, right? Or it's trust the science until, friend, do you already have your conclusion? Did you already conclude that we all just need to get the vaccine and that will finally stop the madness and nothing will prove you otherwise? Or friend, did you already conclude that this disease was just a way for the government to instill fear in us and anything that says differently is just fake news? And listen, I'm not saying that you should never have a strong opinion about something. I think it's equally troublesome when someone is just wishy-washy about everything. But I wonder if it would be helpful to just slow down and be much more quicker to listen than to speak. I'm not perfect, obviously. Like, just spend two minutes with me on a good day and you'll see. This is embarrassing to admit, but I happen to notice myself do this very same thing during conflicts. Right? Like, usually, like, this is the setting. I'm in a bit of a heated or emotional conversation when I began to see my determined conclusions arise. 
Like, it's so stupid, and I'm so embarrassed admitting this to you because it's just, it's dumb that I do it, but I do. Like, pray as God continues to work on my heart. But, like, halfway through an argument, and, like, it'll just hit me. Like, I've already determined that this act is unloving, so nothing that this person says will change my mind. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Right, Or, or how about this? Like, This person has no idea what I'm going through, and so how could they possibly give useful advice? Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Or what about this one? Like, that news article was written by this company, so it must not be true. Yikes, man. Like, it's the worst thing, too, because I'll, like, be deep in this conflict, you know, standing strong and whatever I've concluded, and then it'll just, like, hit me. It's like, gosh, Dang it, God! Like I, I did it again, huh? Shouldn't I should probably, uh, I should probably apologize. It's really embarrassing how stubborn and, and, and immature I, I can be. But I don't know. Maybe you can relate. I bring this up because I think for some, when it when it comes to sharing the evidence that points to Christianity, there will never be enough for you. I mentioned this in my podcast episode about miracles, but I think we have this tendency to always want more. You can read in the Bible, Jesus was literally performing miracles in front of crowds, and yet people still saw that and concluded, ah, no, 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 he's not the Messiah. There's no way. Or maybe you've been in a conversation with someone who says something like, I'd only believe in Christianity is true if someone can give an explanation as to why God would allow suffering. And you give this phenomenal and well thought out uh, explanation to their unanswered question. But then right after that, they just make more of those statements. Like it, it just seems like nothing will ever persuade them. And that's not to say, Christian, that you give up on answering their questions. No, you know the truth that's found in the gospel. You know that it's just that good. So we seek to share it with everyone. I remind us that like when someone gives their life to Jesus, it's not because of you. It's not because of me. It's the Holy Spirit that's working inside of them. All right, don't don't be so hard on yourself. Don't give yourself too much credit. Like evangelizing has never been about you. Maybe you're listening to this and you're wondering how committed I am to my own conclusion, right? That Jesus is exactly who he claimed to be and that every religion falls short when we compare it to Christianity. And to anyone new listening, I remind you that I was raised in a Christian household. And that is actually the very reason why I began looking at the evidence that exists. Like, I didn't like the fact that I became a Christian because I just so happened to be born into a Christian family. No, like, that's, I didn't like that. So I began researching, actually researching, trying to disprove God at first. But I was overwhelmed with the evidence we have that supports what the bible says but also like know that if jesus's remains are found and there's reasonable evidence that he did not rise from the dead like i'm out like if that happens christianity would be a complete lie and and i'd be out i'm not trying to prove that christianity is an accurate representation of reality because it's some sort of like cult that i got roped into Like, I'm trying to prove that Christianity is an accurate representation of reality because I'm on this mission to seek the truth about the world. But that aside, 
like I don't I don't expect you to necessarily take my word for it. That's why I include my links. That's why I encourage you to do the research too. I'm confident that if you look into it, you will see what I see. I was reading this book on logic a couple of months ago. It's a, it's a great book. Clearly, the, uh, the author is not a Christian, but that's beside the point. Um, if, I, if I could summarize the book, I'd say that each claim needs to be taken for what it says according to its context and based on the evidence that exists. And he gives a lot of examples throughout the book, you know, talking about like, this is how you're supposed to back up your claim. These are the types of things that don't matter. They're, you know, logical fallacies, whatnot. Uh, but I'll, I'll summarize a few. Character technically doesn't matter. Like, just because someone is a jerk doesn't mean their claims are necessarily false. Like, their character has nothing to do with their claim. And that said, my Christian friend, this does not give you an excuse to be a jerk. No, no, no. We are ambassadors of Christ. Like, we are called to love like Jesus. But technically, character doesn't matter. Job title or degree doesn't matter. So similarly, just because someone has the title doctor, that does not mean everything they say is automatically right. Even when it has to do with their entire field. Right, they can still make false statements. These claims need to be backed up by whatever supports these claims. Biases don't technically matter. Like just because the news channel happens to favor a particular political party, that doesn't mean that they always support good or bad research. It depends. Every claim needs to be taken for what it says and must be backed up by the evidence that supports that claim. Like, uh, again, all to say that just because I'm a Christian doesn't mean you should just write off every claim that I make towards Christianity. That doesn't matter. What matters is the claim itself. Is it possible? Is it plausible? Does the evidence line up? And, and similarly, like, this is a reminder to myself that not everything labeled Christian is automatically good, and not everything labeled not Christian is technically bad. See my episode called Unbiblical Christian Content. I'm, I'm getting off track. I bring up this idea of these already determined conclusions because I think it's kind of scary when it comes to individuals who are so against Jesus. You know, especially when they haven't even read the Bible. Choosing to follow Jesus is a life or death situation. Like, it must not be taken lightly. There was this candid discussion between two atheists, Peter Bogazian and Richard Dawkins. Bogazian asked Dawkins, what would it take for him to believe in God? Dawkins says this, well, I used to say it would be very simple. It would be the second coming of Jesus or a great big, deep, booming bass, Paul Robson voice saying, I am God and I created. But I was persuaded that even if there was this booming voice in the second coming and, and clouds of glory, the more probable explanation is that it's a hallucination 
or a conjuring trick by David Copperfield or something. A supernatural explanation for anything is incoherent. It doesn't add up to an explanation for anything. Bogazian then asks, so what would persuade you? Dawkins replies by saying, well, I'm, I'm starting to think nothing would, which in a way goes against the grain because I've always paid lip service to the view that a scientist should change his mind when evidence is forthcoming. Did you catch that? His determined conclusions or presuppositions have entirely ruled out any reason for God. And so I, I gently ask you, are you so set on the fact that God cannot exist, that you've already ruled out anything that could prove otherwise? Despite your answer, you're not doomed for life. Are you found this podcast episode after all? Isn't that quite convenient? As you seek truth, I ask that you also look into the evidence with the intention of seeking what is the most reasonable explanation for our world, for our desires, for our existence. I'm not going to end in prayer, but I will end with a summary of what the gospel is. I'll go through a series of these verses and I, I encourage you to check them out. Romans 3.23 it starts by telling us that like, we're all sinners. We've all committed some sort of moral crimes. No one, no one is perfect. All of us were born with this sin nature. Romans 6.23 tells us that like, as with someone who commits a crime, a, a punishment is rightfully deserved. The Bible shares, that, shares with us that the wages for our sins is death. Like, uh-oh, that's a... It's quite a problem, but the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus. We see in John three sixteen that, like God loved the whole world so much that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him will not face these consequences, but will have eternal life. John fourteen six is where we see Jesus making one of the many bold claims. And he says that he, Jesus, Jesus is the way, Jesus is the truth, Jesus is the life. It is only through your faith in Jesus that you can be saved. Like that, that's it, man. All right, doesn't, it's not your good works. It's just your belief in who Jesus is. Romans 10, 9 shares with us that if we confess with our mouths that Jesus is Lord, we believe in our hearts that God raised Jesus from the dead, like we'll be saved. The gospel is good news. The good news of what God has done in Jesus Christ. One day he will make all things new. The good news culminates in a new heaven and a new earth, the home of righteousness where neither sin or, nor, its, nor any of its effects can survive and where we enjoy the presence of God forever. My worldview offers eternal life. So would you be willing to see who this Jesus is?